Hello everyone, this is Matt Ferret, author of the Prepare for Medicare book series, and welcome to another episode of The Matt Ferret Show, where I interview insiders and experts to help light a path to a successful retirement. Come say hello at www.themattferretshow.com for YouTube videos, show links, notes, websites referenced, quotable quotes, and the complete show transcript. Make sure to check out the 2022-2023 second edition of my best-selling book, Prepare for Medicare, The Insider's Guide to Buying Medicare Insurance. You can get it in hardcover, paperback, Kindle, all on Amazon. If a friend of yours already bought it, bug them, get them to lend it to you, or give your librarian a friendly nudge and get them to order it. Many people retire and think, now what? Fish all day? Golf? Spend time with the grandkids? Volunteer? Travel? Then what? Get into consulting? Walmart greeter? When do you even start thinking about all this stuff? No matter your age, when you retire, there's obviously a lot to plan and a lot to do before hanging it up. Most people spend a lot of time paying attention to the financial aspects of retirement. Cash flows, 401ks, IRAs, Social Security timing, Medicare, downsizing and moving. And you should pay attention to all of that. Those things are very important. There are also a whole lot of people and resources out there to help you with all that. What's not so available is what my guest Nancy Schwartz does. She's a former business executive and the founder of Envision Healthy Retirement. She works with people to plan out the non-financial aspects of retirement so often overlooked. Nancy helps people with the now what. Defining your personal growth path doesn't stop when annual reviews at your old job go away. Work friends disappear. Yes, daytime TV is still bad. How's your relationship with your spouse or partner going to change? How's your mental health going to change when you retire? How do you build deeper connections with your spouse, friends, community, explore new passions, and set a new course for the years and decades ahead. This edition of The Matt Ferret Show will give you an insider's guide to the non-financial aspects of retiring you should be thinking about well before you pull the ripcord. Enjoy. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. I'm very excited to be here today. So tell everybody what you do, how long you've been doing it, and how you help people. Thank you for the question. So what I do is I work with executives in and around their career as they are thinking about retirement and move them from a career into healthy retirement predicated with the word health. And that's really the underlying um, thrust uh, because I believe that you can't have retirement without your health. It's very important. And um, how I help them is one-on-one -on -one coaching, and that's what I do, and how long I've been doing it. Uh, we launched this year, but I'm a 40-year corporate executive, so um, I have a little wingspan behind me. Nice. Thank you. So how did you get into this? What uh, spurned the idea to, to start this? Uh, you know, crazy ideas. So uh, <laughs> my usual, make it up. So I was in and around retirement myself and looking for programs where I could help myself and took the traditional route of, of, of taking a lot of retirement classes. But for me, 
it felt very unsatisfactory. And I knew there just had to be something more and more there, but what was that? What was that thing? And so I came to the realization over time uh, that I love science and I love technology. And I wanted to combine that um, because we have such incredible consumer available, right? From all the universities and the biotech and the futuristic thinkers that we know about. So I said, hmm, what if I could combine the health and the science with a little piece of the retirement and package that? And that's how I went out. I really educated myself um, with health and retirement people for about five years. And then I rolled up a proprietary science-based product um, that I now uh, teach my executives and business experts um, in various stages obviously when they come to me. So tell me a little bit of the story. So mm. did you, when you were thinking of retiring or had you already retired, did you, I mean, right, there's gobs of stuff out there on what to do with your IRAs and your 401ks and when to elect, but what what did you find missing when you did this? Yeah, so great point. So you're, you're talking a lot driven by the financial industry uh, sector. And Yes, that's absolutely needed. And um, thank God for companies because they provide that financial package when when business experts either exit timely or untimely, however it happens, right? And so for me, I, I've just been very, very lucky in my career. And, you know, I started having these thoughts happen, you know, late at night in the office, you know, like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? What am I going to do in retirement? I knew that the the market was moving in such a manner that, if you will, traditional retirement was no longer a thing, right? And I I watched my dad retire, and he was so incredibly elegant, and it just seemed so easy. And I was kind of very struggling with like, man, what am I going to do? And I love business, right? So they're in the quandrum. And yet I knew at the same time when I was wrestling with all these questions, um, I, I knew that I, I just didn't want to stop the, the business piece, uh, but I wanted to do it in a manner where it was more controlled so that I wasn't working these and you know tremendous hours as everyone does. Um, to be successful in, in corporate America. So I said, all right, well, what, what does this look like? And I had absolutely no clue. And so I sort of began a journey. And, you know, this is, this is how you create stuff is you go out, you do market surveys, you figure out, you know, minimal viable product, and then you build stronger product. I mean, I'm talking to the marketing and sales guy. So, and I'm seeing you're smiling. So you can add a lot of value here. I should have known you before then. And, uh, <laughs> You know, I'm passionate about the health piece. And I think that it's really, really important. And as you and I know, most executives don't have the latitude to really take care of themselves because they're really taking care of the company moving from thing to thing to thing to thing. So is it the SEC? Is it the product build? Are they in an M&A? They're traveling nonstop. What is it, you know? And so there's no time left for themselves 
let alone their friends and family. And so coming back to your front end of your question about financial services, yes, the finance piece is sewed up, right? But there is what I call the, the you, the you planning. There is none out there. And it's a known void in the marketplace. But what to do, right? Everybody is unique. Everybody's different. But we also know from a statistic point of view that the number one global concern in the marketplace is fear of, you know, mental and physical inactivity in aging and longevity. And so I started on this retirement sort of path, but then I kind of made a little shift to the right because I'm like, man, this is more, more than just retirement. This is really about quality of life, longevity, um, post post career. So you said earlier, you looked, you know, you, you retired or thinking of retiring. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and then you, who am I? What am I doing? I mean, uh, personally, I don't know. I mean, I can't fast forward to the time where I even think about retirement. I mean, I, I know it's closer that way than it is <laughs> looking back <laughs> in my twenties, but you I can, still like, I don't, you know, the whole, there, yeah. the concept of fishing, and and yeah. reading on my rocker, uh, no, I'm not doing that. And that's probably, and I can't be the only one. It sounds like you've been that too, and you found people with the same kind of piece. Like, okay, I'm transitioning out of corporate America, or sold my small business, or you know, uh, just you know, this is it. I'm ready to do it. But it's that uh, now what? What am I right. doing? The now what? what? Yeah. Right. So how did you like? What were the first things that you found? Well, well let me start here. What was the easiest? I mean, I've always thought, again, bringing myself into this, but, mm -hmm. you know, I'll go volunteer, you know, big brothers, yeah. big sisters. I'll, um, you know, I'll do a, a charity. I'll do feed my starving children and I'll donate my time there. Did you go through a list and how would you recommend somebody go about thinking of these things? <laughs> so I, I think that everybody's situation is unique, right? So it has, it has to fit you. And so for me, Yes, I did look at volunteer. I, I went to the hospitals. I, I spent a lot of time caring for family members. So I thought this is perfect. I, I can just, and the HR woman looked at my resume and she rejected me. And she said, um, with that resume, no, you're going to be very unsatisfied. You're going to come down in like three hours. I'm like, no, 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 please not, not hire. I don't know what you do. Volunteer, please accept me as a volunteer. Eh, negative. So then I went to other charities and this woman was right because I did volunteer. I did a lot of volunteer work, trying to meet people and seeing, who, you know, who is that volunteer, right? Who is that? Why are they passionate about that organization? And I really encourage people to, to scope out that organization because sometimes what you think it is, isn't really what it is, right? So, um, but at the end of the day, lovely, beautiful people, love the foundation, the organization, whatever it was, but it wasn't my cup of tea. You know, I'll have like, like this weekend, I am doing a walk, raising money for school, education, that type of thing. I'm part of a community that's doing it, but that's just a little piece of Sunday. That's not like my every Sunday. Right. So, so I think it's searching and it's, it's trial and error. It's curiosity and ex exploration, trying to find the right fit. And then thinking about, um, to your point, uh, transferable skills, right? So I know that you're, you have so many attributes, Matt, that 
there's, there'll be something out there for you where you can combine if you wish, right? If you well, wish. Well, I tell you, it won't be fishing because that is not an attribute yeah, right. uh, I, uh, I have. I'm the world's <laughs> worst fisherman, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's off the list. Definitely. I hear you on that. But but there, it's good that you know that because you won't go down that path, right? And so you can go down other paths and see if it fits you in that time and moment, right? And so- yeah. Do you categorize pieces or do you recommend people start to categorize, um, uh, you know, again, hey, corporate background, just like you. So I go right to goals. You know, you've got yeah. personal goals, travel goals, spiritual goals, financial goals. Do you start in, with that methodology or is that different for everybody? I think it's different from everybody and also depends on the environment. So while uh, you maybe retired, maybe your partner's not retired, or I worked with a woman who um, took an early package. Um, her husband had, had been retired for 20 years and he was uh, infirm, so she, he couldn't really uh, retire with her. So every situation, and she wanted to travel, right? So we had to structure things where he would feel included, but he couldn't travel, right? So they did separate things on his agenda and then she was able to travel. And ultimately, I, I think she built a company around her expertise um, in, in research and development because uh, she was quite in demand when the, when the uh, packages came through. So uh, everybody's different. I think, I think it's good to know the bucket list, but I can tell you that the bucket list accelerates and it's quickly checked off for people who have resources and who can achieve and and if you're goal-oriented, I'm going to do Europe, I'm going to do Asia, I'm going to do the blah, 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 whatever it is. Okay, now what do we do, right? So that's that's the thinking in terms of, um, yes, go do that bucket list. You've wanted to do it, you know, all your life or not, stage it out. Uh, but also think about, this is, this is your life you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 more years after retirement, depending on your company situation. And how how is that going to progress through your lifetime? So for me, I can just speak for me, I wanted something that was sustainable. So to me, a business is that I can define that I'm running and that I can find my freedom. That was key in building that, this, this business, this Did legacy. You define business. your freedom or find your freedom? Both define and find. Absolutely. I always felt very um, split uh, operating. I had a lot of family situations going on, but I also had to show up every day and kill it, you know, in corporate. Right. So very conflicted, very difficult. So uh, I wanted to feel whole, you know, to be together as a whole when I operated next. That was a big, big goal of mine. Um so, yeah, so I think it's I think it's playing with different things and it's finding, you know, your skill sets and your passion and your mission and your values and um, realigning your identity and your belief systems. I mean, there's that that's the interesting thing about uh, healthy retirement are, is there so many components besides fishing that have got to come together at the same time so that you can go off on your on your road, your path where you want to go. Yeah. 
I was going to uh, ask that or re-ask that in a slightly different yeah. way, but you, you almost got in front of it. You said there are so many things that have to happen at the same mm. time, because I was yes. going to go linear on you and go, what's first? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good question. And I think that, that, you know, think of it from this point of view that like, let's just say I'm alive when you retire, because I'm expecting you to retire way down the road, but hopefully I've got my my strength and my muscle, then you're going to call me. And we would talk about, you know, what's important to you. I mean, it's not me. It's, it's you know, it's, it's not a written program and such that it is such with rigor. So here's some choices and some avenues that you can go down, right? Because for what's important to you, let's just say with your family, um, and maybe it's a side-by-side -side retirement, or maybe it's not, maybe it's staged in categories. I mean, I don't know. Um, but it, that's also an internal discussion as well, a communication within the family as well. So every situation is is very different. Um, yeah. What are some of those key denominators, though? You know, you mentioned family a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So sometimes, well, family can mean you know you're still taking care of an, uh, an you know a mom or dad at different yes, stages absolutely. of health. So there's absolutely. a caregiver aspect here, and then mm -hmm. also a spouse or a partner yes. that is in a different age and stage potentially too, and maybe even still working and you're not. Um, right. Are those all common denominators? Absolutely. And then there's the children, you know, do you have a performing child or not a performing child? Is there a child that needs extra support and help, you know, and, and the caregiving piece is also huge. I have uh, some friends in um, California who, went through a period of, gosh, 10 years taking care of mom and dad, right? But really had uh, not um, not exited work, but tailored down the hours because it was so time consuming, yet her skill set was so valuable that the company didn't want to lose her, right? But at the same time, she was the anointed sister. You know, there's always one in the, in the, the family, right? The responsible one, right? And um, that was really, really, really challenging. And I, I can speak for it because I've done it. I'm an only child. So I, I understand what it's, what it's, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, it just, it takes a toll because there's no off time, right? There's no off time when you're in that situation. If I pick an age and I'll just pick 65 because it's mm -hmm. typical or stereotypical, yeah. I guess. Sure. Of, of retirement. Uh -huh. When should I start thinking about this? At what age? Um, yeah. When do I start preparing? Because I hear you. I mean, I can certainly imagine a piece where if there's an exit, you know, package uh -huh. or no package, and they say, right. guess what, Matt, you're done. And that can happen at 65. It can happen at 45, 55, right. anytime right. in there. And when I'm not ready, I assume um, when it's planned at an age 65 and everything happens on, on your or someone's own time schedule, that's a different approach than a jarring, hey, we're downsizing, Yeah. see you later, and not your choice. Um, talk to me about those two differences, the first one planned and the, and the yes. second one unplanned. What's the approach that one might think about in those two scenarios? Right. So very good question. I think first your question was about age, but then also this approach as well. So 
let's go to the latter first. So I talk a lot about, um, you know, planned. So either it's a succession plan or we know that you're, you know, merging companies and there's dual something or other, you know, it's planned, it's announced. Um, we know a certain term. For instance, I just worked with a client and he had two options. It could be this year or next year. And he was given that option and we worked through he wasn't sure about his package, if he could, uh, you know, it all depended upon the bonuses and the strike price and, you know, all of gets a little detailed there, but he felt he was okay. And he wanted to exit this, this year. Okay. So that's a very controlled setting. I mean, as much chaos as it is, it's controlled. And then we have ageism. And so that's the other side of of the piece that, that that stigma is still very much alive. And I've been talking to executives who are out of the big global multinationals or more earlier stage or smaller companies. And initially, I mean, when I operated, it would be sort of the term of um, 55 to 65, they'd be looking at, you know, who, you know, who can they replace at a, at a lesser cost and is there a need for this this and that and blah 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 and now i'm hearing in the marketplace and i don't know you tell me you're you're the expert in this world that companies are looking at 50 to 55 so as i said i just said this last night i said the risk is really real and then to come back to your your other point you know when should i start thinking about this and I'm going to sound kind of crazy, but I would say in your 40s, but however, nobody does that at all. It's only when push comes to shove that people start thinking about it. And oftentimes this is mirrors the sort of the pattern in the financial, you know, when do you start saving in your IRA? This is always the complaint of the financial services industry that people don't start saving you know, early enough to accrue or to have multiple programs or to build out sort of the net worth. And it, it's similar um, in you planning because it takes time. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of time to kind of figure these things out. It's not, you know, not just a flick of a switch. And, and I've had many um, executives, I, I remember a conversation, this woman was a, a global head of procurement and she was in her late 70s and she was um, she knew that the things were happening and that they did find a successor, et cetera, et cetera. Or they were on the hunt for her or they were on the hunt for this successor. But she was quite, quite, um, you know, just tell me what to do. Uh, no, I can't run your life. <laughs> you know, but, but people well, think that know, it it's sounds, that simple. It sounds right? easier. She hadn't thought about it. And she said, just no. you, tell me. Yeah, exactly. it still work. It's like, it's like we go to the doctor. Well, tell me what's wrong and what pill to take, right? So it's, but that doesn't quite work in this particular um, area. <laughs> so what about, uh, and thank you for answering that. What about the the shock? What about the, yeah, yeah, um, oh, yeah. hey, you walk into the office one day and they say, sorry, get a box, see you later. Uh, there has to be a different sort of approach or at least... Um, I don't know about approach. I think it's just different. Um, yes, what are the differences there different. that you have to to deal with uh, from from where you sit for people who are facing that type of situation? Right. Of right. Retirement. Yeah. Yeah. So 
um, we know in retirement, there's a lot of physical, uh, emotional and behavioral challenges in and around retirement. And then when you compound what you said, you know, walking in and, hey, they're letting go, you know, 2000 people and you're one of them or whatever the situation may be, there needs to be a lot of emotional support. And depending on your company, I know that many companies in these massive layoffs or even smaller layoffs, if they can, because it's very costly to the company, they provide outsourcing services. Um, depending on your rank of, of title in the, in the company, um, you get X, Matt, because you're the chief cook and bottle washer. And Nancy, you get Y because you're, you know, this, that, and that. So, so it, it varies. But I also want to say to the person that this happens to, um, to surround themselves with friends and family who understand them and say, communicate to people, you know, hey, I'm feeling kind of upset because I've spent 35 years and I'm one, of, we're making up the number, but I'm one of those 2000 people. I, I need some space. Don't push me. I need to kind of figure this out or, hey, I got to go find something. Let, let's, let's push myself, you know. Everybody, everybody reacts differently. So there's a lot of fear, anger, anxiety. It, the, the emotions can get very uh, complex. And also if the company's in a takeover situation or something and you think you're the dominant person and all of a sudden you, we're not the dominant player that gets that seat, you know, a whole, whole stuff. Yeah. It can get very complex is what I'm saying. So hold that space for that person that they're going through a lot. And we, and Matt, and you know, you and I have had this conversation that many business experts identify themselves as their title. Matt, I was the partner of blah, blah. Matt, I was the dentist. Matt, I was the teacher. I was the this, the professor, the academic research and development person, you know, and call me tomorrow and I'll be the same thing, right? So it, there's a lot of attachment to things as well. Entitlements, programs, all of that kind of stuff, which, which you know very, very well. And identifying yourself through your work or your title mm. is, is a very real thing. And even though people yes. may work on it and, you know, try to have outside, uh, you know, it's still a very real thing. And I bet you run into that a lot. Yes. Yeah. And how do you untangle that? Right. Because somebody's lived for, let's just say, 30 to 40, 50 years as that. And we work so hard at being good at that. And now we've got to redefine our person. Because what happens is, is if I stay as that person, the world keeps moving on and I'm left behind. So what we must, you know, sever is not the right word, but dis disattach in some manner to say, yes, I was this great guy, but now I'm this, you know? So um, to have the, the aptitude and the willingness to remodel your life. So I always say to individuals, I say, look, I'm going to give you a blank piece of paper. We're going to go build another business and it's called you enterprises. And so what are we going to put in here, right? So just like you did in your business, like Matt, you know, I'm sure you're, you, you 
you're all thinking, what's the new product? What's the new solution? How's the, how's our clients responding? What's this? What's that? It's the same type of approach because people who live in that world understand building out companies. So it's a sort of a correlation that they can put, put on themselves and dress it up as they wish. Given the, uh, the clientele um, and the approach of mm-hmm. people transitioning from corporate America jobs, you know, selling businesses, um, uh, you know, family businesses and, and, you know, having a transition plan from one, fem- you know, you to another family member or something yeah. along those lines, I would imagine, and I've heard you sprinkling in our conversation, there are quite a f- number of people who can't get off the hamster wheel and they go, okay, well, I'm retiring, but I'm going to start a side gig. Um, you know, is that is that a is that something that you lean into immediately, or do you explore that because you know you're used to being on that hamster wheel? Yeah, maybe the only thing you do, and it may also uh, um, uh, distract you from doing the real work. So, how <laughs> yes. do you work? You know, through yeah. someone who goes, okay, I'm starting. I'm going into consulting. I'm going to start another company I've always thought about. Do you, do you run with that or do you go, well, hold on a minute, Joe or Jane. Yeah. Let's unpack that. Yes. So I believe personally that if let's just say this happened, this either forced or unforced retirement happened, you need time. I suggest don't make any big decisions. Don't divorce people. Don't go into a partnership, don't take on 5,000 board things, don't, you know, don't do the crazy, right? Take a year and just kind of, I felt that my body just had to settle. And I hear this from many people that you're so revved up that you're like, oh man, okay, this is something new here. I've got to test the waters. And then interestingly, statistically, not so many people who retire want to work again in some capacity, be it as a mentor, be it as a board member, be it as, as you said, I want to go build this business that I want to go do or with my friends or whatever it is. Um, And uh, there's some amazing people out there who are doing incredible things. And gosh, I, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth company, right. You know, that they've, they've generated. It's amazing. And I think there is something with a sense of work that talks to the fulfillment, particularly if it's a passion business. So for instance, for me, this is a passion business. Um, I have other friends who have gone into something totally different or something similarly aligned, but it's also a passion business for them. So it's not considered work, right? They really enjoy it. And I think that that's very important as well. What I don't know that the answer is probably going to be it depends on, on the individual, but what is uh, a right balance if I'm not yet there, uh-huh. but I but I'm following in your advice and I'm starting to think about that. Mm-hmm. Is there a percentage um, or a target percentage or a ramp up phase if I say you know what I think I'll go hang my shingle out and do some consulting or I'll uh-huh. I'll build that charity I've always meant to do. Is there a throw yourself into it a hundred percent after that year of settling, or is there a, a more gradual approach that you recommend, or, or more 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 inner work and and uh, and self reflection before any yeah. of that happens? Yeah, 
I think there really needs to be a definition of your new identity, or at least a start to that in terms of your belief systems, in terms of your values, in terms of, you know, um, your mindset, uh, in terms of your health, uh, overall health, holistic health, if you will. Um, and, you know, I think that if you're really passionate about, you know, building this charity, oftentimes it comes after a sadness of a family, we all know these stories, um, or, um, you know, this consulting hat, some, some former client calls you and says, you're the perfect person, get over here, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah, I think you're the perfect person, get over <laughs> here, we need, we need you 80 hours a week. Right, exactly. Right. So, I mean, I think it's something that you negotiate, you know, uh, let's test this out for a couple months, see how it goes. I'm passionate about it. I want to be there, but this is all new to me. And let's recalibrate, right? So oftentimes when when I would structure real job offers on my in my other uh, hat a long time ago, I would say, ask for a review after six months. Are we meeting expectation? Where are we? This is what we said. Here's where we're at. What do you think? Right. So that you're constantly in front of the eyes. You're ahead of the curve. In other words, you're 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 not chasing it. Right. So I say negotiate that up front and you may find you love it. And oh, 80 hours. I could do 100. I'm good to go. Or, whoa, you know, I want to really do this, this and this. And I'm good on whatever hours it is, you know, so um, and, and, you know, again, retirement is something that. And particularly healthy retirement is something that without experience, right? You have to experience it. Um, we don't really know how you're going to feel about it. It's the same with the career, right? I'm sure that many companies moved you around. You were a high achiever person. So they started you as I'm sure a baby analyst, and then they're making you all these big fancy titles. But in between there, there were some steps. And you had a lot of exposure to different things. And I can't imagine that you loved each one as much. There was ones that you were like, mm, yeah, love it, but how fast can I get a promotion to get out of here? You know, this kind of thing. And here's the next thing. So it's the same thing. It's sort of date it, see how it goes, see what the client experiences. Is this what they really promised you? Um, and, and vet it out together though in communication. And that's what I always talk about, communicate, communicate, so that the other side understands you and you understand the other side. And it's not like, you know, something swung out of left field. You're like, whoa, I didn't know that. Nobody nobody told me, you know, come barging in my office, yelling and screaming. And wait a second, we thought you were happy. What, what happened here? Yeah. So the message of proactive, proactive planning for retirement, not, not just the stereotypical you know, financial life insurance, downsizing the home, but really prepare your mind for retirement and then uh, be ready to have a plan. Let's touch on, I don't know, it sounds ominous if I say the darker side of retirement, but there's mm -hmm. a lot written about loneliness and yes. depression yes. and about, um, you know, we talked already about the sense of self-worth can take a hit yes. when you yeah. don't have that fancy title and that, uh, corporate card anymore. Yes. Uh, what are the things to watch out for? And when, when do you know, you, again, to the, to your point, when to communicate and, and uh, you know, if you're feeling or, or, or sensing some of these things inside you. 
Right. So yes, very, very good question. And a question that many people don't go near. So thank you for bringing that on the table. So <clears throat> in retirement, it is a known fact that depression is felt twice as much as than in a career. So that rears its head uh, for all the reasons that you talked about. Uh, depression can lead to not so great things like addiction and uh, that channel. Uh, in terms of the loneliness factor, that's a huge factor coming out of COVID, right? And, and sort of the pandemic, but also thinking that your corporate buddies will have the time to play with you. And they don't, they're running companies. Maybe they could see you like Sunday afternoon for two minutes and play around the golf, but that's it. You know, they can't go traveling with you and whatever. And it's sort of a shock because people will say, I thought my buddies were my buddies. Well, what happened? Well, you're out, they're in. Or decision-making. Um, <clears throat> I have a um, actually a neighbor who has been a CEO many, many times over, miffed. How could they possibly make a decision like that in my company without running it by me? But he's not inside, right? So you have to point that out to him, right? And so it's that, those kind of things that can really set people into tailspins, right? And then there's the fear, right? There's a lot of fear of the unknown and, um, you know, like, well, if I just stay right here and don't do anything, then I'll be okay. But that freezes the person, right? So, so it's important to keep going. Um, and it's important to raise your hand if, if you're not feeling well, because retirement is universal. It crosses all countries. It crosses all cultures. And how we deal with it is on you, right? And to raise your hand, right? So I think that that's um, really important. There's, you know, many different fear can look like anxiety. It can look like many different things. So know your triggers, you know, know what's, what um, will set you over. Yeah. Thank you. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation. Um, I don't think anybody else, at least I don't know anybody else who's doing this, who's doing uh, coaching and put uh, coaching and putting it together a program for people who are, you know, retiring either uh, forced retirement or planned retirement. And that covers kind of the other side of this. What questions should I have asked you that I didn't? <laughs> um, I think the question that, that you asked, but I'm going to reiterate, is about your health. And I think that in the whole equation of you, which you've been expert in going around, is to, I believe, to focus on your health. And there's so many things that we can do for our health. And this will alleviate uh, down the road chronic situations that perhaps we could have provided some support earlier on. So similar like, it's exactly like we talked about when should I start thinking about retirement or when should I start saving my financial uh, portfolio? It's the same thing. And we know there was that Wall Street Journal article last year that most Americans are 88% metabolically unfit. 
And we know that executives and, and business professionals and professionals everywhere, particularly more escalated in some industries than not, um, I would suggest the number is easily in the low 90s or higher for some of those, you know, like the medical, the, the first responder type individuals. So your health is so terribly, and you only have one health, right? There's only one health. Thank you. How do people engage with you? How do people contact you? How do people find you uh, on the internet? So on this vast internet uh, <laughs> place. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, at, on my website, I think it's the best. And it's EnvisionHealthyRetirement.com. I'm going to say it one more time. It's EnvisionHealthyRetirement.com. And what I'd like to offer your audience, um, because I'm, I'm really about driving value, is I offer a complimentary one-hour uh, discovery call about healthy retirement, and I can go further in depth personally. And I, I understand the confidentiality nature simply because of what I've done in the, in the past. And also there's a sleep, because um, sometimes when there's change of seasons, Sleep gets affected, so there's a sleep PDF that that would be, which is free, which you can download at, as well and read at your leisure. Awesome! Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. So enjoyed it. Love uh, meeting you. You're I awesome. I did as well. Uh, same, same. Awesome. Talk to you next time. All right. Thanks a million, Nancy. Wonderful conversation, and thank you for being a guest. Make sure to hit the Matt Ferret Show website for all the links to Nancy plus the full show transcript and quotes. Until next time, to your wealth, wisdom, and wellness, I'm Matt Farad, and thanks for tuning in. The Matt Farad Show, related content, publications, and MF Media LLC is in no way associated, endorsed, or authorized by any governmental agency, including the Social Security Administration, the Department of Health and Human Services, or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. The Matt Farad Show is in no way associated with, authorized, approved, endorsed, nor in any way affiliated with any company, trademark names, or other marks mentioned or referenced in or on The Matt Farad Show. Any such mention is for purpose of reference only. Any advice, generalized statistics, or opinions expressed are strictly those of the host and guests of The Matt Ferret Show. Although every effort has been made to ensure the contents of The Matt Ferret Show and related content are correct and complete, laws and regulations change quickly and often. The ideas and opinions expressed on The Matt Ferret Show aren't meant to replace the sage advice of healthcare, insurance, financial planning, accounting, or legal professionals. You are responsible for your financial decisions. It is your sole responsibility to independently evaluate the accuracy, correctness, or completeness of the content, services, and products of, and associated with, The Matt Ferret Show, MF Media LLC, and any related content or publications. The thoughts and opinions expressed on The Matt Ferret Show are those of the host and The Matt Ferret Show guests only, and are not the thoughts and opinions of any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Matt Ferret Show, nor is The Matt Ferret Show made by, on behalf of, or endorsed or approved by any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Matt Ferret Show.